Well, we've been going through the New Testament this year, and uh, we, we went through the Gospels first and got to read of the stories of Jesus, uh, specifically about his life, his, his, uh, his miracles, uh, the way he treated people, uh, and it was almost like, okay, we're spending a lot of time hearing the same stories. That's kind of how it, how it works. Well, then we, we got into Paul's letters. Uh, that's what where we're at now, and I, I don't usually uh, kind of give overviews of each book, but I think it's really important to understand that when someone writes a letter to one person or one group of people, it might sound a little different than if you were to write it to a, another person. And so last week we were in uh, 2 Corinthians, and then this week, or in the last week we, we read first two days in 2 Corinthians, then we went into Galatians. Well, next we're going to be in Ephesians, and Ephesians, he writes, he writes to the church that in, in, because of your relationship with God, here's how you should have uh, uh, relationships with others. Here's what your relationships should look like. And, and when we were in 2 Corinthians and, and then going to Galatians, it was not the same thing. I mean, Paul was writing a letter uh, to someone over here and, and, and saying, hey, here's, here's uh, what I want you to know. But then it, it doesn't look the same when he comes over and he writes a letter to a different group of people. That's just how, how it works. And so um, these two books are right next to each other, but they're so different. See, in 2 Corinthians, Paul had to write to the, the church in Corinth because they were trying to fit in. They were seeking worldly wisdom. They wanted to be like everyone else around them. And so what Paul said to that group was, you need to step up. Yeah, you need to live a little bit differently. I'm giving you a new way to live. You need to hear what I'm, what I'm telling you. And so the, it was uh, an encouraging letter. But then we get to Galatians, and they had different issues. See, he wrote to these people who had been uh, Jews before they became Christians, and they were trying to get other people to, to live the same way. They wouldn't let go of their traditions. They wouldn't let go of their pride. And so his message to this church is you need to step down, yeah, not fit in, but let go of your pride. Completely different message, completely different tone. For the most part, to the church in Corinth, he was gentle encouraging. Now, there, there were lessons in there. There were times that you think, okay, they need to hear this. But in this letter to the church in Galatia, he was more bold and, and forceful. He, I don't think he was angry, but he kind of was angry that they were expecting so much of other, of other people. They were making it so hard for someone to become a Christian. It would be like today if someone were to walk into these doors and and we say, well, you, yeah, you have to accept the gospel. You have to believe in Jesus, but you have to come every Sunday. And if you miss, just don't bother coming back. You have to read your Bible every day. And if you skip one day, well, it's, then you're not saved. I mean, they, they were adding to it. Now, it was a little bit different because of what they were adding. But they were making it really hard for someone to know Jesus. And so Paul addresses that. Now, before we get to that, I want to give a, an example at the beginning. Usually I don't do this until later. But in 1859, a, a tightrope walker named Charles Blondin, he took, a, he took his uh, um, a little three-inch wire to Niagara Falls. Now, I think I've actually told some of this story, but I haven't told all of it. But there he suspended a wire, and he walked he, across Niagara Falls in a place that he would have if he would have fallen, he would have fallen 1,100 feet. Uh, that's, that's pretty f far. Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. He, he, it was 1,100 feet from one side to the other. Um, yeah, there we go. 
Uh, he did this a number of times. He did it blindfolded. He did it while walking in like a sack. He actually pushed a wheelbarrow across the wire. It's making me sweat just talking about it. Like, could you Im imagine being on a on a high <laughs> on a on a high wire um, with a wheelbarrow? He walked it on stilts. I can't imagine that. Uh, he even sat down midway and cooked an omelet, and and then he also. Uh, took a chair and put it on there and on one leg and got on the chair on a wire suspended over Niagara Falls. Blondin did something that I think is probably uh, the, 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 the craziest example, but not for him. He could handle it. He knew what he was doing. Uh, he, he obviously felt confident enough to do this and, and uh, seemed to, but he asked his manager to get on his back and let him carry him across. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Maybe he was paid really well. I don't know. But imagine if halfway across this wire, the manager said, hey, I don't trust you anymore. Uh, I'm going to, I want you to put me down, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take it from here. Having been carried that far, could you imagine if he would have done that? And just said, I'm going to take it the rest of the way. I mean, he, that's his death sentence. There's no way. Well, this is the situation that Paul is addressing to the church in Galatians. Uh, it's, it's not a stretch. It's definitely just an example. But it's tough. Christianity is challenging. Uh, it's supposed to be simple, but it doesn't always feel that way. See, we, we want to be better Christians. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But naturally, what we do is we ask the question, if I want to be a better Christian, then what do I have to do to get there? What do I have to do to make it happen? That's a good question. Somebody asked a famous chef on TV um, or someone who's on TV what it's like to, to be seen by millions and to have your books read by millions worldwide. He said it's frustrating because there are so many people that see him uh, on TV that read his books and they still eat. Uh, well he says, eat garbage food that's not healthy. All these people are hearing his message, but they're not changing. Maybe we can relate. See, we, we know what it takes to become a Christian, um, but we're not always growing as much as we'd like. And so we might know how to become a Christian, but how do we get better? How do we do this better than we did before? And so we do this thing when we know we're saved by Jesus, but then we say the rest of this process this is up to us. It's like, it's like we get to the middle of the tightrope. Jesus carried us halfway, and we say, all right, Jesus, I think I'll take it from here. It's a death sentence. If you've been reading back in uh, Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 10, we read how these people were, um, uh, they were distorting the gospel uh, for others. Uh, they were, again, they were creating expectations that could not be met and should not have had to have been met. Well, this morning we're going to go into Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, and focus on a couple key ideas from Paul's letter. Because in this passage, it wasn't just that they were pushing it off, they were creating expectations on themselves that just didn't have to happen. They were not accepting what they say they believed. So Galatians 3, beginning at verse 1. Now, before I read it, I'm going to try to read it in a way that I think um, 
would have been read if Paul were to, would, would have said it instead of wrote it. The tone is very different. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? First thing he tells them is we're saved through our faith, not our performance. This is how it started. This is how it's supposed to, to finish. We're not saved by doing, but by hearing and believing. That's the gospel. We hear the gospel, we hear the good news of Jesus, and we believe it. That's how we're saved. So, we have to continue in our faith the same way we started, through Jesus, not performance. Now, how do we do that? That's, that we're we're going to get there eventually. Why does this matter so much? If you're a Christian and you're saved and you're trying and you're reading your Bible and you're trying to do better, uh, you're, you're praying, you're giving, I mean, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it, but that's not the gospel. That's not what we preach to others. That's not the hope that we offer to others that, hey, Jesus saved you now. You better work really, really hard. That's just not it. Author and preacher John Piper put it this way. He said, the essence of the Galatian heresy is, is the teaching that you begin the Christian life by faith, and then you grow in the Christian life by works. That is by drawing on powers in yourself to make your contribution to salvation. One modern form of this heresy is this. God helps those who help themselves. He's saying that's not, that's not accurate. Faith is the, is the only response to God's word, which makes room for the spirit to work in us and through us. Flesh, on the other hand, is the insubordinate, self-determining ego in religious people responds to God's word, not with reliance on the spirit, but with reliance on self. I don't know why we do this. I'm saved. Praise God. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you for this hope. Now, I better work hard to make sure I'm saved. I think we all do that. It's really easy to, to feel this hope and think, am I doing enough? No, you're not. No, I'm not. We will never do enough, but we still think, man, I could be doing a lot better than I am. I mean, that's great. We want to do better, but not to save ourselves. See, Paul, Paul drives this point home. He points to their past. In verse 4, he says, have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now this is important. What he's telling them is this is the way it's always been. The Jews were looking back to, to Moses, to the Mosaic law, and, and saying this is how it's supposed to be. We have to follow this in order to be saved. And then all of a sudden Jesus came and changed it. But what, what Paul is saying is stop. Don't look back to Moses. There was a reason for the law, and it was good in accomplishing that. But look back even further. Look back to Abraham. 
it, it wasn't the law saved you in the Old Testament and then faith saved you in the New Testament. It was look all the way back to the very beginning. Look back to Abraham. Faith saved Abraham. Faith saved them. Then the law had a purpose. And then we look to Jesus. So that's the way it's always been. But we miss that. We, we say the Bible's about some different things. You, you might say, uh, um, well, the Bible is, is uh, a tool to help me live a good moral life, to become a good person. We look at it and we say, well, there's these stories in the Bible, and, and these people are people we should imitate. There are heroes in the faith. But this passage is about Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. Remember his audience is, is these people who were, they were Jewish before. And he says, guys, even Abraham is the recipient of a big promise. He didn't earn it. He had faith in God. And, and he says, just as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, we look at these stories and we say, well, Abraham was obedient. He followed God. He, he had to leave his hometown when he was like 75. Um, he, he, uh, he trusted God in that. He trusted God with his family. He was willing to even sacrifice his son, uh, to, uh, uh, his son Isaac to God. And that's true, all true. He was very obedient. But if it was credited to him as righteousness, then he didn't earn his salvation. It was because of his faith, God's grace, our faith. The Bible is not a book full of just people to imitate because only God is the hero. Jesus is God. Jesus falls into that category. So that's the only hero, not the, these other people that we say are, are, are heroes, Abraham and everyone else in the Bible. People we call heroes are people who were saved just like us through God's grace and their faith. It's never a, about how good uh, we can be. It was never about being good enough. Abraham could have been very obedient, but if he didn't trust God, it would mean absolutely nothing. The people who believed God could even save them. That's what these stories are about, to look at Abraham and David and Paul and the disciples. It, it's not, this is how they lived, and if we live this way, then we'll, we'll be saved. No, this is how they trusted God. These are examples of their faith. The message of the Bible is that we grow in faith, but it's from start to finish the same through Jesus. Last, Paul clarifies something else. He says, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. What he's telling the, the Galatian believers now is that there could be no other way. This is not a, an option that you can do really good and be saved or Jesus can save you. It's there's no way to save yourself through the law. He reads from, from a book that they really liked, uh, Deuteronomy. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of the law by carrying them out. What he's saying is you have to do everything perfect all the time. And if you mess up once, if you don't get it right, then you're condemned to hell. There's no way out. Now, if it stopped there, we'd be in trouble. But it doesn't. Verse 13, Paul says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. 
He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. See, Abraham was an old man, uh, well beyond childbearing years. Sarah was just as old. But Abraham looked at his circumstances. He looked at his life. He looked at the challenges. And then he listened to God and his promises, and he chose to trust God. That's the story of Abraham. It's not that he was so obedient. He was obedient because of his faith, because he, he trusted that God would lead him where he needed to be. See, faith is looking at our circumstances, looking at all the challenges going on, looking at the sickness and, and the pain and the death around us and, and the economy and looking at, at, the, at the town and the world around us and saying, man, there's a lot of bad out there. I'm still going to trust God. Faith is looking at, at ourselves. Lo, lo, faith is looking into my, into my mind and in, uh, uh, the, the thoughts that I have and, and the weaknesses that I have and, and thinking, am I doing enough? And it's, and it's looking at, at me and saying, I'm still going to trust God's promise. I don't know if I'm getting it right all the time. I don't know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm going to trust him anyway. That's what we hear in the Bible. That's what these stories are about. It's not just how we're saved, though. It's also how we grow. Jesus made it very clear. How do we grow in our faith? It's not trying harder. He says that he, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Stay with Jesus. It's that simple. I mean, what do we do when we hear, when we hear someone's uh, words that we look up to, that we trust, that we respect? We listen to them. There should be obedience. That's what this fruit might look like. There, there should be things changing and things getting better. But that's not how we save ourselves. We, we stay connected to Jesus, and then we grow. We continue the same way we begin. John Stott said, The gospel is not advice to men, but good news, good news about Christ. Not an invitation to do anything, but a declaration of what God has done. Not a demand, but an offer. A lot of people uh, that I've talked with seem to not really love the book of Galatians. Um, it might be a lack of understanding. Actually, uh, we started the Sunday school class last week in the book, Rob Powell's teaching, just right, right in the room, right back there. So go check it out if you want to know a little bit more. Uh, some say, though, that Galatians is a little boring and repetitive and not easy to understand. Well, think about the audience. Uh, Paul was writing it to uh, people who had um, been, uh, the, who were Jewish before and then became Christians. So maybe we don't understand all of their traditions and their, their ways. But the message of Galatians carries the most important message in the Bible. It, it really does. The gospel is in Galatians so clearly. The good news of Jesus, the hope that we have. Th this is the message of, of hope to the hurting and broken. This is the message of forgiveness to someone who, who says, I can't be forgiven. I've done too much. Even when I want to be forgiven, I still mess up. I can't do enough. I should never walk into the church. This is forgiveness in this message. Because when I know for one second that I don't have to save myself, that changes everything. It's the message of power to the weak for someone who says, I just can't do it. And it's the message of love to someone who doesn't feel loved. How could God love me for 
uh, w- when I am this way? How could, would, no one would love me if, my, if they knew my thoughts or if, the, if they knew the way that I acted this way or if, I, if, he knew, if someone knew the way I acted 20 years ago. There's no way I could be loved. And then you read this and it's like, well, actually, you are loved. The gospel did not include what the Galatians could do for themselves. And it does not include what we try to do for ourselves today. I, I understand the challenge. We're all in the same boat on this. Uh, when, when you want something to change, you, you do something about it. And, and, when, and, uh, and, and some of them had been taught a different way. And then they had to come to terms with a new way. And they did that. And then, like any of us, when you don't know what to do, I think we just go back to what we have always done. And that's what they're doing here. So I need to be a better parent, a better spouse, a better person. I need to read more. I need to focus more when we're singing. Those are all good things. Those will not save me. That's the message. Jesus became the savior of our souls. That was the message of, of the Galatians, and that's the message that we needed to hear today. And so as, as Jesus carries you across the tightrope, I want to simply encourage you and close with this advice. Don't let go of him. And don't, don't get off. Don't say, I appreciate you what, what you've done for me, Jesus, but let me take it from here. You can't walk it. I don't know if anyone could actually walk on a tightrope, but for the sake of this illustration, we would all fall. We, could, we can't do it. But we know that Jesus can, and he's willing to carry you if you would cling on to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much uh, for every letter in the Bible, every book of the Bible, um, the different, uh, the different uh, tones and advice and messages, um, but all pointing back to the gospel, all pointing back to your love for us and all pointing to Jesus. And so I pray that we continue to live our life, our lives in, in, a, in ways that would honor you, um, but also I pray for every person here that we would cling to the gospel knowing that we're, we can't do enough. We don't have to feel guilt. We don't need to, to uh, sit in our shame. But we can look to you because of the love that you've shown us through your son. And we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.